Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. We have Logan back again. Love to be on with you. It was you. like the first time I was on CNBC. I was sitting at the desk. Actually, this wasn't the first time. It was the second time. And I got an opportunity to sit at the desk during Fast Money. And I'll never forget, like, I was doing the first segment. It was like, you're on for the first segment. We'll throw you a couple things and, you know, et cetera. Well, I was like, oh, heck yep. no. Yep. I was like, uh-uh. Uh, they're not pulling me. And so I got in that first segment, and, I mean, I just ripped and roared. And I don't think many people got another word in edgewise. We got to the break, and I was, like, slowly, like, unmiking. You know, I was, like, really slow. And all of a sudden, the producer, ch- yeah, Quint, we're going to keep you for the for the show. Just go ahead and stay put. And I was like, yes! <laughs> you were like, yes! accomplish my goal, yes! So we're not CNBC Fast Money. But, that's what just happened. <laughs> but that's what just happened. For those of you that are uh, listening to this episode and, and maybe you're binging, you heard the last one. Logan uh, did a phenomenal job and uh, and just basically booted Daniel. Daniel came back up, and he was like, hey, all right, I'm good. And Logan's like, I got this! Well, Daniel will be back, but, I mean, I'm on a roll today. Man, you do good work. He's on a roll. Uh, we got a great – we got another good psychology question. I really love these questions. Uh, I should have brought it up in the first podcast, which I didn't. There's obviously been some incredible news that has hit in the last day or so, and uh, anybody with a student loan out there, you got anywhere from 10 to 20 grand forgiven. Booyah. Yeah. That's... I have some strong opinions. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know if we want to go down that road. I do hole, want but... to go down that road. Okay. I'll tell you, from my perspective, look, I'm happy for the people who are hardworking, you have student loans, and this is a break for you. I, I'm, I'm happy for you. I, I, don't, I, don't, I have no ill will towards you or the situation. Uh, I, just in full disclosure, when my wife and I were married, she came into the marriage. She had done two or three degrees. Uh, in succession, not different degrees, and basically came in with fifty-five to sixty thousand dollars in student debt. And following the DIY money, pro, uh, you know, process, we we worked hard. I mean, worked very hard to pay those uh, student loans off. So I I have some frustration that you know we're that those people who have paid that off uh, worked hard. Uh, lived modestly, you know all the all the decisions, and and don't have student loans. Now, that's nothing, right? We don't do anything. I mean, again, just like being an entrepreneur and ultimately being successful, I didn't participate in stimulus money that came out during COVID. We didn't take triple P loans that came out during COVID. You know, it, it, it's a bit frustrating. You, you do what you're supposed to do, and you don't get that. So I, I'm going to get off that soapbox. However, the real frustration I have is that we're applying a band aid to a bigger problem, and to my knowledge, we are not really taking any big initiative to educate people about finances. One of the reasons we do this podcast, I have, we all, Logan, Daniel, myself, we all have a passion for educating people about finances. We have never made a dime off this show. In fact, we did one, uh, you know, whatever, boot camp or something, and and you know, was an experimental thing. And, and we made a few bucks. We had, we had people who signed up and I, I don't know what it was, a hundred bucks or something like that. And that was fine. But we pay for this show every single week. We pay for production. We pay for the hosting. We pay, we pay for it at, out of our pockets. And we basically have no advertisers. No, we get 
we get people who want to advertise every day. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But we don't take a dollar. Why do I say that? I say that because we have a passion to educate people about finances. So we really appreciate you as listeners. Share it with your friends. Share it with your parents, for goodness sakes. Again, give us a five-star review. Hey, <laughs> that, yeah, helps. that helps. But my point is is that if our if our country would take a focus and emphasis on – education, going up the river and saying, we're going to educate people about this, helping to not make trade schools the armpit of the educational system. Now, if you're involved in a trade school and you you just got offended by that, I'm sorry, but the reality is, is that many people who should probably go to a trade school, get a trade, come out making 150 grand with little to no debt, they don't do it because there's a stigma around going to a trade school. You know, again, agree with me or disagree with me. In the state, state of Kentucky, I wish that that federal funding or state funding that went to the University of Kentucky or University of Louisville, et cetera, was mandating that a portion of that had to be used to a trade school inside a major university. Wouldn't it be great to graduate the University of Kentucky as a master plumber or an electrician or whatever it may be? Absolutely. It, it versus having it as like, oh, you know, the kids that are definitely not going to college go one day a week to this trade school to start. It's frustrating. Things like that. It it is very, very frustrating. So, again, the greater challenge I have is from the standpoint of we've now applied a Band-Aid, and quite candidly, the timing. We were about to go, you know, lift and start the interest rates again, you know, because the the interest rates have been, whatever, zero and and deferred. I don't know how that works, but... Uh, and then ultimately we have election season coming up. Yeah, exactly. It, it, we've basically been buying votes. It's frustrating to me from two areas as well. I mean, one, uh, similar to you, I, I worked my way through college to make sure that I did not have student loans. So I was blessed and, and had the opportunity to get an academic scholarship for tuition. But then I worked as an RA throughout my career um, in school. And then I also did tutoring. I did several other things to live and to not have any student loans coming out of school. So it's frustrating when you see that. Now, I do have empathy, and I do think it's a good thing for some of those people that have a major burden of maybe $8,000 or something like that that's been sitting on their student loans, and now they have some relief from that. But at the same time, it's like, where does this stop? When does this stop. end? It, it's yeah. like, okay, we did 10,000 forgiveness now. Is that going to happen every 10 years? Is that going to happen every time there's an election season? What is the pro? Like, does this just never stop? Is it perpetuity if we're just going to pay for votes or whatever it looks like? I have a student. This is the last thing we'll talk about on this. And I actually think he's pretty brilliant. But we were talking about this about six months ago or so. And he goes, he goes, Quint, he goes, what do you think if I just take 10000 out? I'm a, I don't need it. I'm going to take 10000 sock it in a savings account. And, you know, if I have to pay interest on it, it'll be m- minimal. But if they do forgiveness, I've got it. Wow. And he did it. Yeah. And there you and go. And he just got ten grand. Wow. You Crazy. know what I told him? What? I said, invest it and turn it into millions. <laughs> well, we want you to tell me a good college to go to. Miss Hathaway, tell Jethro a good college to go to. <laughs> How about that one you went to, that there uh, Vassar? Oh, Vassar? Oh, well, there's nothing but girls there. Hot dog. That's the one for me. Anyways, all right. Um... Welcome to the show. I don't know. We just we just kind of went on a tangent there, but it'd be you know I'm sure we'll have questions about it. I'm sure there's going to be um, a lot of subject matter that we'll share on it. I'd love to hear Daniel's opinions when he's back on the subject. But uh, again, we're in a trajectory now of of whether it's stimulus, triple P, forgiving of debt. I mean, it's just the trajectory we're on. And when we go down that path, it's very hard to go back. Very difficult to go back. So it'll be interesting to see how society 
uh, evolves through that. I know a lot of our listeners are probably in the same camp that we are, that uh, just something doesn't feel right about all that. Um, and again, we're not upset with people who get it. Good for them. Uh, yeah. That's great. Yep. I hope that helps and, and hope you do wise things with the forgiveness of, of the debt and the money that you were sort of maybe socking away to pay that. All right. We've got a good question from JT today. Again, it's more on the psychology. Uh, very interesting family dynamics. So JT, what do you got? D-I-Y. What's up, DIY Money? My wife will be attending law school in August, and I'll be working. And by the end of the summer, I'll have my bachelor's, and we have twin boys. Um, They're a little over one. We are expecting some daycare expenses, and my in-laws have offered some money to help pay for uh, daycare. And so... Um, we, I don't feel super comfortable taking money from parents. And so I wanted to know your guys' thoughts on that. Um, again, we've been married for a little bit and we have been self-sufficient. The only thing our parents really pay for is streaming services and, um, healthcare since we're still below, um, 26. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to know your thoughts on it. Our current financial situation is that, um, I make 55K a year. Uh, We do have a car loan. We have no student loans. Our emergency fund is all stacked up. Just wanted to know your thoughts on this. Thanks. Bye. Okay, JT, thanks so much for that question. I can understand the dilemma. Uh, that you face, and I and I give you a lot of credit for just sort of saying, you know, ah, I don't feel right about that taking taking the funds. I would be in the same camp. Uh, however, fast forward a minute, and you and your wife have worked hard. You've saved. You've invested. You've maybe set yourself up for a nice retirement. Your twin boys are grown. They're married to wonderful, uh, you know, women who you love, and you now have grandkids. And you want to help. You want to be available. You've done what you've done. Um, you want to provide resources when these children and grandkids need it. And you do it with an open heart, maybe no strings attached. Wouldn't that be wonderful, right? Wouldn't that be amazing? So I think you have to think about it from that angle and have gratitude that they want to step in and help. I mean, you guys are, I can't imagine twins. Uh, we have three boys, but they're in different age groups and having two at the same time while trying to work, trying to go to law school. Holy cow. I mean, that is, that is tough. So I would be grateful and I would, I would count blessings and I would gladly, you know, take assistance where assistance is needed Now, a couple of things to keep in mind regarding that. There's a difference between gracious assistance or, you know, unhinged assistance and folks who use finances as a way to control uh, maybe relationships or sort of keep strings attached. I have had people in my life who've done that. And I don't care what situation I was in, I would not take money. Uh, And the reason is, is that I didn't want it to mean more than, okay, here's money because you need it at all. Um, I was in a situation where I could have had school completely paid for uh, by family members. I chose to work through school, two jobs, basically, at at, uh, the same time, working full time the entire time I was in school. I did not want to take money from those individuals. And the reason is, is because I knew 
that I would never hear the end of it, ever. I would, it, I would be almost psychologically beholden to the person who gave me those funds. So I wasn't going to do it. I knew that from being a child and, you know, quote unquote, being beholden to anything that I, I sort of received. So it was an unhealthy situation. We are for the money. Money. The boss money. I, again, I, I fought that just by saying, oh, I'm not going to do that. Uh, if the situation is healthy, if the intentions are pure, it's a wonderful blessing. Now, I say that in relation to the daycare. However, streaming services? I mean, seriously, JT? Pay for the streaming services. That's yeah. a little ridiculous. Yeah. Um, health care? I think you got to put it in the budget. You're on their health care. You have a job. You you know have good income. You're saving. You have good emergency fund. So I think we've got to really clearly identify and establish the line between you know, what mom and dad or the in-laws are paying for out of convenience and because eh, it's just it's they've done it for a, such a long time and we don't worry about it and whatever. And, well, this is needed and a wonderful blessing. And you need to identify that line and stick to that line. So if you were in my office, I would look and say, look, I think it's wonderful they want to pay for daycare. I think it's ridiculous they're paying for your Netflix. I think it I think you need to immediately look and see how can your family get on health care and get off their health care. Uh, I've seen people who, you know, they come into the office, the kids are twenty eight, thirty years old, twenty five, twenty six, they're still on their auto insurance, they still pay for their cell phone. And and I'm I look at the parents and I'm like, Really? Well, what's that all about? Come on. Those are just everyday basic, you know, expenses that you need to put in your budget. So on one hand, I don't want to beat you up too much, JT. On one hand, I think I commend your sort of desire to keep things, okay, I don't feel really comfortable about this. But on the other hand, I'm going to kind of call you out and say, if you're not comfortable with the daycare, why are you comfortable with streaming services and healthcare? So I think you got to clearly define the line and stick with it. What say you, Logan? Yeah, I like that. I mean, I think you really have to figure out what your line is. And with those other things, with the ancillary things, where does it stop? And that's something you have to understand and, and define early on in your relationship. So Hannah and I are about to get married. I feel like we had two questions today that kind of run succinctly with this. And I have to let Hannah know and kind of help her understand. She just graduated from a bachelor's degree. She's about to go into PA school. And I have to help her understand, okay, where is our line as far as help from parents? So especially right off the bat, I'm like, as soon as we're married, all of these other things that your parents are paying for no longer. So phone bills, um, car insurance, obviously groceries and things that she's had help with throughout her um, college career because she's been studying and working and everything like that. Those are those are done. We're not going to have those anymore. But I, I feel for you, JT, when you're talking about the daycare side, my in-laws have, future in-laws have offered to help with some of Hannah's PA school and some of the cost of that. They have a, a specific amount set out that they had planned for her to have before we were married or anything like that. And I have to take that and say, you know, this is a blessing. Thank you all for doing this. Really appreciate it. It helps us in the long term. But that's the line. I mean, that is the line for, for our family moving forward. And I think we've talked and understand that for both of us is that we don't want them to be involved in 
all aspects of our life because they're paying. And regardless of how you define it, if there's money involved, then there is some kind of influence that comes with that. What would you do if the parents said or insinuated while she was going through PA school, um, well, you know, you guys are going to move back. Where's her, where's her parents? Kentucky. So what if they said, you guys are going to move back to this area, right? And you're like, well, no. Well, but we invested in the PA school to do that. What would you say? Yeah, you exactly. Do? I mean, I, I think that's the point. I'll pay off the loan or whatever that you did for PA school. If they're influencing your long-term family decisions that are not made in your home, then that's a no-go. I don't touch that money. Luckily, they're gracious and say, hey, this is for her to go to PA school where she wants. Like if they said, hey, yeah, we'll give you $10,000, but we want you to go to school here. No, done. I mean, it, that that's out of the question. We don't want to take money. That's not a decision that her and I made together. I love that. Good, good answer. Um, I, I think, you know, I'm thinking about this already from the standpoint of our boys, 15, 12, and 11. We're way early. We don't have grandkids, you know, way early for that. But that said, uh, one of the things, a new goal of mine is going to be opening um, a 529. And I know people are going to scratch their heads at this. You're going to wait a second. You talk all about custodial accounts. Yes, I do. That's for my children. But I'm actually looking to build sort of a family educational account. Because a 529, you can start putting money in, and you can transfer the ownership among family members. Uh, no cost, no tax ramifications, etc. I am concerned about the future of public education on the preliminary sort of school side. So, you know, middle school, high school, etc. What I'm looking to do is to put money into a 529. I'll put it in one of my kids' names now. And eventually... Once, let's say we are blessed with grandkids, we might not, but let's say we are, I would have that money there that could be used for private education for my children's children, if they so choose. So, and if not, then we transfer it to someone else and, you know, we keep passing it on down the line. So I I am already starting to think about things like that. Now, when that happens, because of my personal experience, uh, there will be no strings attached, meaning I, I will not hold that over my children or make my children's spouses uncomfortable. or I, I just won't. I, I won't do any of that. It will be something completely outward that we've done, my wife and I, saved, put aside, etc., and you know, not to influence any decisions or influence anything. And and again, I think it comes all the way back to the purity and the relationship. Is it healthy? Is it not? And if it's healthy, what a blessing. If it's not, then I think you got to draw that line in the sand and not cross it. And again, the only thing I'll just reiterate is probably there are some expenses that you certainly can pick up um, and, you know, do it immediately. <laughs> yeah, dude. My get, two cents. get on your own healthcare. I'm sorry. But well, <laughs> but I mean, you know, that they that has probably been there for a long time yep. and and uh, you know, healthcare is expensive, but yeah, I mean, th- those things uh, they're going to have to do it quickly cuz yep. that the age is going to age yep. out. Uh, but I think, you know, those are things that you know, basic living expenses, etc. But the grandkids and daycare and allowing your wife to finish law school and so forth. I mean, what a blessing. That's fantastic.
Fantastic. It's fantastic. Agreed. All right, some uh, housekeeping odds and ends. Uh, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. I'm kind of taking personal offense to the fact that we've dropped to, like, 12th on that. We were uh, in top five. I think at one point we were number one personal finance podcast out there. I still tell people we are, which is not entirely true. So uh, don't make a liar out of me. Let's give those five-star reviews and get us back up on the charts. Uh, send us those questions. The queue is pretty solid, but I, I we need the questions coming, so send them to podcast at DIYmoney.org. Do not write a question. Send an audio question. And if we choose to put that on the show, we'll send you a $25 Amazon gift card. We're always open to the junior questions. So kids out there or parents with kids, if your kids have a question or they've asked you a question, please do send it in. I thought we'd get a junior question about this Bed Bath & Beyond nonsense. Oh, man, it's crazy, isn't I thought, it? Yeah, I yeah. thought we'd get something like that, but nothing yet. So if uh, you want to send us a question, we'll also send your your kid a, a $25 Amazon gift card. We were trying to do the stock thing, but they now impose a fee and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't work out. So anyways, friends, uh, remember, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.